Hello, everybody. You are back with Brittany. I am the owner of Brittany Elliott LLC and the creator of Back to You in Five, and I help mothers reconnect with themselves through self-care. Today, our guest is Jess Belsterling. Jess is a wife and mother of two living in Pittsburgh, PA. She has her master's in social work, but has the opportunity to stay at home currently with her girls. She recently became a foster parent and looks forward to being a safe space and advocate for children while helping families in the community reunite. She's an avid bookworm, sticking mainly with fiction, but branches out to nonfiction occasionally. She's a Girl Scout troop leader and youth cheer coach in her community. Jess considers herself a hardcore sucker for Taylor Swift, Ice Coffee, Show Tunes, and Reality TV. Welcome, Jess. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And we are going to jump right into it because I'm so excited to talk about your motherhood journey. So tell us all about your journey into motherhood. Um, well, my journey is a little different than everyone else. Um, when I was young, I had childhood cancer. So growing up, I knew that I was not able to have um, biological children. So I mean, that's something I was semi prepared for. But you know, that's like a different story. Um, But anyway, we started discussing adoption, basically, as soon as we got married. Um, I mean, we talked about it while we were dating. um, But we kind of talked about it for a few years. And then finally, we, in 2016, we found an agency we liked, and then we signed up for it and waited, basically. It's a lot of paperwork um, to go through adoption. So we adopted our daughter, in our first daughter, in 2017. Um, and then in 2019, we decided to go through the process again. Um, we learned a lot the first time around, so we did a little something a little bit different the second time um, while adopting. And in 2020, our second daughter was born. Um, we got to um, <laughs> we got to experience having a COVID baby, and she was in the NICU, so we got to be in the hospital during like the main. COVID experience. It was very fun (laughs) to um, deal with. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. What advice do you have for, you know, women and couples overall who are thinking about pursuing the adoption process? Um, I mean, first thing is researching. Um, But it's really... I mean, you really learn as you go, honestly, because I did a lot of research before we even signed on to adopt. And really, we learned, we just learned like while going through paperwork and, you know, waiting for our match. And then even after uh, was a bulk of what we learned about the adoption world. So I think the second time around, we were more prepared. So I would say um, you may not be prepared for everything um, if you do pursue adoption, but you will learn a lot. That I hope would be encouraging to some of our listeners, like hearing that 
it is a process, but it's definitely a process that you can get through with the right support and things set up and ask a lot of questions and just learn along the way. And I'm curious um, about like with the fact that you went through childhood cancer, did you have any almost like hesitation in having a child? Like, were you nervous about, you know, well, what if, you know, my child gets cancer? Like, what was kind of like the emotional ride for you with that? Uh, yes, actually, even even though we adopted both of our girls, you know, they aren't biologically connected to me. I was, um, I had a very hard time with my first daughter turning four. I don't know if I'll have it when my second turns four, but that's when I was diagnosed with cancer Mm. and it was really stressful. I mean, not that, I mean, a lot of people get diagnosed with cancer. It's not like it would never happen to them. Um, but that time period was really stressful for me. Um, just like as a triggering trauma response, I think every little thing she did, or like, if she said her stomach hurt, I'm like, Oh no, you know, my mind just like rushed to like the worst possible scenario. Um, so really I had to kind of, kind of do my own work on that because it's like there's really nothing you can do it's not like it's anyone's fault when that happens so if it comes to that you just do what you need to do so I I really needed there's no good I don't know it's just it's hard when you can't control things like that that are so scary all you can do is rely on doctors in that situation and if it happens, um, you just have to, I don't know, you have to find a way to cope. Thankfully, it has not, but it is, it is a, it is a stressor. And thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable with that, because I can only imagine having lived, you know, through, I mean, I understand you were young, you know, pretty young when you were first diagnosed and whatnot, but just a lot of times I feel like for me and my motherhood journey, I'm always worrying about right. the the what if. And sometimes it's it's like so abstract. Like I worry about things that probably would like one in a million chance of happening. Mm. And when you have gone through something like that and you're like, well, this is actually very plausible to happen. I've lived through it. I can right. only imagine how much more you're thinking about that. Like you said, like if she's around, she's turning four, she right. has a stomach ache. Like, is this the beginning of this? Like, how am I going to get through this? Right. And so what was your emotional journey? Because a lot of things that we go through, overcoming the common emotions, like the overwhelm and, you know, maybe there's frustration. Maybe we do get a little bit resentment. And I want to know your take on it as you went through the process of adopting and then your child is here. And then I'd imagine you still experience some of those emotions at some level. So what has been your experience with those emotions and how have you overcome them? Um, Well, I would say it's pretty much an ongoing thing that I just continue to work on. Um, I did start therapy. Um, I I do have anxiety. Um, So I recently actually started, I was very resistant to starting meds, but I did start meds last year. 
and they have helped significantly. I know there's like a stigma against meds, um, but it, it is something that has helped my brain kind of chill out a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and exercising helps me a lot too to like focus on what what I can control. Um, but adoption in general is such a ride. I um, actually, I did not know like the emotions that I would experience once our daughter was placed with us. It was like very emotional. I felt a lot of guilt. I actually read on it because they don't, they don't really test you. You know how they have like postpartum stuff once you have a baby like they'll give you surveys. They don't really test that in adoption, but I did have adoption depression, which I didn't even know was a thing because no one told me about it. And I don't think a lot of doctors even know about it. Um, But I was, you know, I was having like, I was just like crying randomly and things like that when she came home and I, there was no explanation of like why. But also a large part of that is just having a baby that Mm -hmm. has needs and you don't know what to do. And did you ever feel like in some way that you were like, do I not know what what to do because I didn't carry this child? Like, where do you think the guilt stemmed from? Um, I felt, I mean, I felt a lot of guilt for her birth mom who wasn't able to, you know, wasn't able to be there for her. Um, we thankfully do have a very open relationship with her birth family. So, you know, she gets to still have that connection, but I mean, when you're, especially when you're in that, that newborn mist of like, you have no idea what you're doing, especially with your first, you're just like, what the heck is going on (laughs) right now? Like, what do I do? Um, it was just very hard when I started researching, I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? Because I never felt like that before. Apparently, there are some hormonal things just going on with you, even when you bring a baby home. So even like, you know, using a surrogate, um, you may have that as well, even if you didn't, you know, carry the baby and have all those hormones. That is very powerful. And I love that we're bringing all this to light we are all moms like we are all important relevant valid regardless of how we became mothers how the child came to be and Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy to just throw it out there like well you adopted you don't know anything about what it's like to be pregnant and Mm -hmm. the thing is like pregnancy is is just one it's just one part of it and when you look back depending like if you had a cool pregnancy my pregnancy was very very chill like mm-hmm. that was the easiest part like it was it was once the baby that was here that was hard so I think we all just need to have a lot more compassion for mothers just overall because that part of the journey like what you said like the newborn mist it's just challenging for all of us for so many different reasons mm-hmm. and um with your husband was he able to help support you was he going through any of those similar emotions like what was it like for your relationship with him at that time um you know he really didn't have the emotions that I had 
Um, but he was very hands-on and helpful. You know, he did a lot. You know, I slept and then I would stay up for a certain amount of time and then he took over and it really worked for us so that we could, you know, so many hours of just restful sleep of not having to worry about the baby. He did a lot. He did all the stuff that I was doing, but he did not have that emotional journey like I did. You slept, like you both were rested and you both were basically all hands on deck. Um, with raising a child which is very important my husband was the same way with like that part and I know that he was going through things emotionally you know in a different way just making sure you know like you know is my wife okay is the baby okay because he had a time and we were just talking about this recently just reflecting on when Bristol was just a baby and he said I would pick her up and she would cry for the entire two hours until you got home and he just felt you know, so defeated as a parent, like, oh, maybe she doesn't like me. Is this always Mm -hmm. how it's going to be? And now, like, she can't get enough of her dad. You know, she's always climbing on him. And, you know, he always has to be like, all right, I need need some space. And it's just so interesting how we're all, you you look back now and your child is older and you're thinking like, man, we were really in the trenches. (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny to reflect on your thoughts during that period of time. And so now, like, with, you know, the girls being older and everything else going on in your life, um, when it comes to your, like, approach to self-care, and the motto of Back to You in Five is self-care is more about the decisions we make than the activities we do. So what's your approach to self-care and how do you fit it into your routine with everything going on? I know you said now you're a foster parent and mm-hmm. um, you're doing things with the Girl Scouts and then, you know, it's cheer season's coming up. You're doing so many things. So how do you fit self-care in? My self-care is really just, you know, I know some people like go to the spa or get a massage. I don't really do that. Um, I do make time for things that I want to do, like going out with friends um, for lunch or dinner, getting my hair done. I read a lot. That's probably my biggest form of self-care is I make time to read. Um, I read at night. I read during nap time. I do a lot of audiobooks, like if I'm cleaning or mm-hmm. exercising. You know, with Back to You and Five and, you know, the mothers that I continue to work with it is about, you know, just protecting your well-being and your happiness and doing that with simple self-care activities. Because like you said, it's not always like, you know, going to the spa and doing things luxurious. It's nice when we get the opportunity to be able to do that if that's where our interests are. But, you know, like me, you know, today I just sat outside and drank my coffee in the sun and I just felt, you know, like just rejuvenated and and wonderful and ready to tackle the rest of my day so I love that you say you know like when I'm working out I'll listen to a book or you know while it's nap time I'll make sure that I read because that's something that I'm passionate about and then you know making time for your friends and for your family is very important Um, I think it took me a long time I think now that the girls I was kind of in a fog for a long time and not doing those self-care things um it was really hard for me to go out with friends and not feel guilty. Um, 
for a while. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? I need this. I need to just have an hour to talk with my friend and not worry about the kids. (laughs) I think it takes a while sometimes to get to that point where you aren't feeling guilt for leaving. How old were the girls when you finally like got over that guilt? Um, well, I think, I think the circumstances are just slightly different just because of COVID. Um, because, you know, we were trying to stay safe and Millie was born like right in the middle of COVID. So it possibly could have been sooner, (laughs) Um, but I would say maybe, maybe when she was like a year and a half ish, Penny was four and a half maybe I would call you still ahead of the game there's some mothers I talk to their kids are 10 (laughs) yeah no I know it's it is very hard to go over that hurdle some some days are just super hectic and you're like man I want bedtime to be really fast and then it ends up not being fast and you're like sitting there and you're like man can you just go to sleep (laughs) and then you feel guilty about that (laughs) and so yeah you just got to show yourself show yourself grace you know through the process because as mothers we're still so human and just some days we just don't feel like doing a thing and I find comfort in communicating that with my daughter now that she's older I mean she's five and it's not like she fully can understand you know the ins and outs of it but I'll tell her like you know I had a tough day and you know, have you ever just not felt like doing something? And she's like, yeah, like cleaning up my toys. I'm like, yeah, like that, you know? And so, you know, showing ourselves to our kids are very, very important. I agree with that, um, discussing it with your kids, because I think they understand more than we give them credit for. They understand hard days. They might not, they might not exactly know how you're feeling, but I feel like if you are honest with them, like, hey, I had a really rough day, they will understand what you're going through to an extent. Yeah, they can handle it. Like we, we fear putting too much on our kids so that they're, we don't want them to be burdened. But I think it's good for them to learn about emotions. You obviously don't need to go into detail of like, what's going on, especially if it's, you know, stuff they shouldn't know. But if you just say, you know what, I'm having a rough day, um, they're going to understand that. Definitely. And so tell us about how being a mother has pushed you to accomplish your goals. I do want to go back into the professional world. Um, So I've been trying to figure out how to update my resume and things like that. Um, Maybe not quite right now, but I would like to go back um, eventually. But personally, I don't know. I really take things a day at a time, a lot of days in my life. Um, If my goal was just, hey, I need to keep the kids alive, that's my goal for the day Um, because some days are just rough. So yeah, sometimes I have a lot on my to-do list or my goals um and I'm like you know what it's not getting done today and I have to be okay with that which I'm not always okay with it because I'm like I want to get this done um 
but yeah, sometimes I have to be okay with doing like bare minimum for my mental health. I'm really excited right now to, um, you know, do the troop, the Girl Scout troop leader thing. And also I was a cheerleader in high school. So I'm really excited. Penny, um, I'm actually surprised that she wanted to do cheer. You know, I asked her and she's like, yeah, I want to do it. And she kept saying yes. Um, So we're going to let her try it. She likes soccer right now. And I think she'll be really good at running. I'm not sure if she'll like cheer or not, you know, yelling cheers and learning dances. I'm not sure. Um, But I'm excited to kind of get back, back into it and use, I feel like I like doing creative things and that's kind of a different aspect of creativeness that I haven't you know done in a really long time mm-hmm. um, and then the Girl Scouts I kind of get to use my creativity to do the stuff I like like you know crafts and planning and organizing things so I think doing those two things are really they're just nice outlets for me to have. I think that's so great because being you know like being involved in your community and like showing your daughters like what what that looks like and being able to support like penny through that because i think that even if she decides that she maybe doesn't love cheer because she doesn't have to i mean i think she'll always love the fact that you are a part of it in some way and that you guys will always be able to reflect on that time that you were doing that And you're also getting back to something that you really enjoyed yourself. So to be able to share that with your daughter, those little gems are, are great. They definitely fill my, fill my soul. And I know that it's going to be the same for you. So I'm so excited that you get the opportunity to do that. Speaking of opportunities, you were saying how, you know, you do have the, you have the opportunity to stay at home. And I think that's great. What advice do you have for, you know, the women who are preparing to leave the workforce to stay at home uh, full time? Um, I mean, I think when they're newborns, like we said, you're kind of just in the trenches. Don't try to figure it out. Um, everyone is in the same, the same position. Um, once you get out of the fog and you're starting to figure everything out with your baby, um, then you can start adding those, you know, those things that you like to do back into your life. Um, I would just say to, there's so much pressure. Um, I mean, there's pressure to be a a mom in general, no matter what you do. Um, and then there's just like a, you know, stay at home mom pressure. You're very lonely, especially, especially in the beginning, um, because you just lost, you know, you lost those coworkers and, you know, the using your brain for things that you're used to. I don't know. It's just such a different experience. Like it's such a, it's so nice to be able to stay home with your kids, but you do lose a lot in doing that. Um, and I think just finding something that also sparks joy whether that is just doing something that like maybe you like going to library time or um, story time at the library or something like that where you connect with other stay-at-home moms or parents that 
um, also take their kids to story time, like maybe that's your time to connect with adults. I think just finding something like that that kind of helps you. That's very good advice because I have heard a lot from you know, stay-at-home moms that it, it can be very isolating and it does get lonely and for the small stint that I did it, I thought that stay, being a stay-at-home mom would be something different. Like in my mind, it was, yeah. it looked different. And then when I was living it, it's like hard in a different way because you feel it like is. I'm at home and I can get so much done. Right. But no, like your it's mom. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain to people unless they have also done it. It's it's so weird. It, you ha- You do have a lot of time to do things. But I don't know what I don't know what happens. But <laughs> the day is just like over, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, I didn't get anything done." Like, why? I should be able. And having that in your brain again, like I should be able to do this, 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 is something I think you need to just throw away. You know, sometimes your kids just won't allow it, and you know, depending on their abilities, especially as they get a little older, you know, with behaviors. You don't know what to expect sometimes of your day. <laughs> you don't have to get everything done in one day. What we think, like you said, what we think it'll be like, it won't be because we account for what we are capable of doing in a day, not what we are capable of doing with our kids. And like you said, as they get older, then there's behaviors and, you know, what if they're, what if they have like food allergies? And so right. what you could make in like five minutes now, you're reading every single label at the grocery store. What can I make? Can I use butter? Can, do I have to use oil? And yeah. it's all this. So a 30 minute meal turns into an hour and like, that's an hour gone. And right. then it's like, well, I'm tired. I need to sit down and take a nap. And I put that load in and then there was a diaper blowout. And then I had to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I would also suggest just if your kids are quiet, go check on them. (laughs) You're like, oh, this is nice. Nice. I don't hear anything. And then you know what? You have a surprise waiting for you somewhere. (laughs) I should have been closer to this. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I love that. We are going to roll into our final question um, for our chat. But I really wanted to say, like, thank you so much for your time. You mentioned like you have anxiety. So I know that this probably was not the easiest thing to do to just be put on the spot with these <laughs> questions about, you know, motherhood and your journey. But you're you're doing phenomenal, you know, as a mother. And I've been, you know, inspired by you for a while, like just for our audience, Jess and I worked together um we worked at the same job for like not even a long period of time I was there on a temporary basis it was like three months and then I did not graduate to full-time employment there so it was a very small time but back then you know neither of us had kids and I just remember you being such like it just like such an advocate for things like people being treated fairly and I never like forgot about you and so just we're connected on Facebook and then I saw your journey and you becoming a mother and I've been just like rooting for you like just from the nosebleeds just quietly so I just love that you said yes to you know being a guest on the podcast so last question for you Jess what has being a mother taught you about yourself oh my goodness um I mean it really has taught me how much 
patience I have um, because I feel like I wouldn't have called myself a patient person <laughs> like prior to kids. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I feel like it's really taught me what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. It has really just taught me like who I am as a person, basically. I didn't really know who I was until I became a mom. That's how I feel. Like, I feel like I was, this is like what I was meant to be, if that makes sense. That's powerful. I love that answer so much because it's just, it's so honest. And I love that motherhood has done that for you. And I hope that you're inspiring some of our listeners to actually be okay with the fact that motherhood has brought them that peace and that joy and has really made them feel like the woman that they've always been meant Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. You're an awesome mom. Thanks (laughs) again for being here. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you all soon. If you're struggling to make time for yourself while working and taking care of your family, I've got a solution for you. There's a common misconception that self-care has to be a spa day, a girl's trip, or hours at brunch with friends. Of course, those things are fun, but the truth is you can find moments for yourself every day, even within the hectic schedule that you have. This simple 30-day self-care routine will help you find moments to reconnect with yourself and fit seamlessly into your days. So go to backtoyouin5.com slash 30 days to get this 30-day done-for-you self-care routine and get a jump start on your self-care journey.